This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Hmm. Elias Lindholm. Michael Backlund. Hmm. Noah Hannafin. Chris Tanev, maybe? Oh, hi, Greg Wyshynski from ESPN. I'm just trying to figure out who uh, Brad Treliving is going to steal from the Calgary Flames to take the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, it's funny that you'd frame that as stealing when obviously <laughs> it's hiring a guy to facilitate a core four trade with the Flames to get multiple parts from them, like Dion Phaneuf trade style, hmm, right? Don't. Tyler to Foley. Oh, throwing in the Phaneuf trade. That was going to be the uh, the Keith Ollie trade once upon a time. And we all thought that, and I was guilty of that too, thinking that Keith Ollie was going to be the uh, the the next sort of Chara light in the uh, in the National Hockey League. Man, did he look good though once upon a time. Keith Ollie. Remember Keith Ollie? I mean, barely. <laughs> <laughs> but there's been a few of those guys. I mean, the big gigantic defenseman. You're Dylan McElrath's, your Joe Finley's. Yeah, I just remember that, uh, oh, who was it? He fought Mark Frazier, and they were calling it the Ollie Frazier fight, which is uh, <laughs> maybe go down and live in infamy on Keith, Keith Ollie's hockey fight resume. Um, uh, all, all jokes aside, I mean, it's not official yet, but uh, we all know that it's happening. Uh, the paper has been signed and everything, the press conference most likely tomorrow. Uh, your thoughts on the big news of the day? Um, it's been coming for a while, uh, and it inch closer, and now it's here. As Brad Treliving is en route to Toronto as we speak, uh, Brad Treliving, the next GM of the Maple Leafs, to which Greg Wyshynski says what? I say without relitigating the Kyle Dubas thing that we've talked about for like two weeks running, I think that True Living yeah. is probably the best option of the ones available. <laughs> if, I don't know if that's damning with faint praise or what. Um, mm. But I've, I've always liked Tree. I think he's a smart guy. I think he, he did some really good things in Calgary. And I'm willing to accept that that general managers, much like coaches who you know get upwards of five to seven chances to get it right, can learn from their mistakes. And the biggest black mark on his resume in Calgary was bridging Matthew Kachuk. And that eventually led to losing Matthew Kachuk, in my opinion. And so it wasn't a bad trade. It wasn't a, a horrible personnel decision. You know, the Sutter thing was good until it wasn't. The Markstrom thing was good until it wasn't. Um, it was that Kachuk bridge and uh and it may have ended up costing him his gig but i want to i want to think that he can learn from moments like that and otherwise i think he's been a, a pretty decent executive uh if they have to have a new gm i'm not exactly sad that it's brad true living yeah in the, um, the a couple of things there with with brad true living's resume there i i would throw in and listen he's not the first general manager to get to get stunned like this. And we think about, you know, David Boyle with, with Ryan Souter specifically, um, but the Johnny Gaudreau situation, uh, you know, Craig Conroy referenced it in his press conference last week about not allowing that to happen. Uh, again, you know, you sort of rely on the relationship that you have and the conversations that you've had between yourself and uh, the player and the agent. And you believe uh, maybe against the marketplace at certain points uh, that this player is going to return only to see him walk away 
for nothing um, uh, right. with Matthew Kachuk. And there's a, there's, a, there's a whole lot of revisionism that's going on about the Matthew Kachuk trade as Matthew Kachuk has turned himself into one of the best players in the game this season with the Florida Panthers, and you'll see him in a starring role in the Stanley Cup here. But at the time, that was widely praised. Uh, as a great deal for, yeah. for Brad Trilliving. We'll pick up on that in a second. The, the, the Daryl Sutter thing, I still, to, to this day, un, until I'm shown and proven completely otherwise, that I, I don't know that that was Brad Trilliving's call. No, it's ownership. You know, sometimes you choose a coach. Sometimes you have a coach chosen for you and placed yeah. in front of you, and you are told you are going to tell everybody this was your choice, Right. Um, so I, 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 I do give Brad Trilliving a pass on that one. I think, you know, maybe one of the greatest flaws, if you can say that loyalty and, and trust in someone is a flaw, and I guess maybe in sports it is, is, you know, uh, his belief on where the conversations, uh, were heading and ultimately led with Johnny Gaudreau because the Calgary Flames ended up giving away one of the best playmakers in the entire game for feathers. Let me, let me revise the revision on the Kachuk trade. I, first of all, like, okay. did he make the best out of a bad situation completely? I mean, the market for Matthew Kachuk was, where did Matthew Kachuk want to play? We knew he wanted to play in South Florida. We knew he wanted to play in St. Louis. Depending on who you talk to, he wanted to play in Raleigh. I, I still haven't gotten I think complete Vegas clarity too. on that. I think. Where? I think Vegas too. I think Vegas. I'm sure might Vegas have been too. Yeah, too. sure. I mean, who? Which who adds, which, which adds a gorgeous. whole, which adds, yeah. Adds another level to the cup final here, but nonetheless. Right. But I, I think that ship had sailed because by then they had Eichel. So like they can't, yep. how much money, more, more money could they, could they add? Um, so, uh, but, but the revision to the revision is once it became apparent that, that the Panthers could be a destination, it's not as if true living, like went to the trenches and ground out Huberto and Uyghur. <laughs> like, the Panthers ha- had Huberto and Uyghur. They didn't want to pay Uyghur mm-hmm. long-term. And they knew that they had to give up Huberto to get a player that GM uh, Bill Zito has called a, a unicorn, right? So in the back of their minds, they're like, can we win with Huberto? They weren't convinced. I think they would have been fine bringing him back. But to get this player, they had to give him up. So... I, I credit Tree Living for getting something out of nothing, uh, knowing that Kachuk was going to leave. But that trade is much, much more tilted towards here is what the Panthers are going to give you than here is the Machiavellian negotiation skill of Brad Tree Living scaring up Mackenzie Wieger and Jonathan Huberdeau for Matthew Kachuk. Mm-hmm. But um, I'll, I'll throw this into it as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think they also knew that Jonathan Huberto was going to kill them on the next deal. Like Uyghur was going to kill them on the next deal. Huberto was going to kill them on the next deal. And Bill Zito said, okay, we need to do something with these two. And Brad Treliving, by letting go of Matthew Kachuk, had the space to bring those, like, the, 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 had the space to bring those players in. Essentially, what I'm getting at here is this isn't a scenario that other teams can just wake up one morning and say, hey, let's do the Matthew Kachuk trade because a yeah, lot of things had was... to happen in concert. 
that that was yeah. that was the big one. Calgary happened to have the necessary requirements to make it. Ditto Florida. That's not one that you wake up and say, "All right, team, I had a dream last night that we did this. Now let's go make it happen." That can't yeah, happen. I, I in wrote, the salary cap. Universe. I wrote about this. In my- the, the the universe exposed itself. Right. I wrote about this in my column a couple weeks ago. I did a column on the, the lessons that we're learning in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And and one of them was that it's a copycat league and the Kachuk thing is now your copycat thing and that teams will take the wrong mm-hmm. lesson from it. And um, I, I liked a lot of what Kyle Dubas said in his press conference, uh, more so than apparently Brendan Shanahan. But one of the things I didn't like was him saying that, you know, using the, the Kachuk trade as a template, he like referenced it. Oh, like like they they made that deal from a core piece and turning him into other things, and um, and maybe the the Leafs could do the same. And and I'm like, no, dude. Like this was a, this was the stars aligning in a way where they will not align for many other teams. One, because there is only one Matthew Kachuk, uh, and, and two, because of all of the things we just talked about with the Florida Panthers. Where again, I again, full marks to Brad for living for. Uh, sticking his thumb in a in a in the in the hole of of the ship to try to stop it from sinking, but this is very much about the Panthers had these assets, they were going to get rid of one, they were willing to trade another, and Kachuk wanted to go there, and th- and that's really the other part of the Kachuk trade yeah. too that that people are, people will sleep on is the the unicorn, the guy that's going to ch- change the trajectory of your franchise, the the, the playoff ready star who can pot you know forty goals and hundred points in a season. He, oh, he also wants to, to play in that city. Like He also wants to play for you yeah. and sign long-term on a deal that, as you pointed out on the show, I think recently, has certain tax benefits that bought down the, the AAV as well. So there's a lot of like mm-hmm. Haley's Comet once-in-a-lifetime stuff in that Kachuk trade, <laughs> and yet teams will See, probably try to do their own thing and, 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 and justify yeah. it and screw it up because it, there's only one Kachuk. See, I looked at that Dubas comment and said what Kyle Dubas is saying here is not specifically go out and everybody quickly go go make your Matthew Kachuk trade. I looked at that as Dubas saying in spirit that's what we need to do here. Like if you want right. if, if you want to be if you want to be great, you have to be brave and you have to be able to, you know, do what Florida and Calgary did in this situation. I don't know that he was saying exactly, okay, everybody, no. take a photograph of this and, and show it to your pro scouts and say, Go get me one of these. Uh, because these things don't happen every day. No, in but the, the spirit of the trade can't be repeated. It's like in the nineteen nineties when the spirit of everybody's philosophy was we need to find our Eric Lindros and all of a sudden you've got yourself a shiny new Chris Gratton. You know, like like the spirit of the transaction often leads into <laughs> down roads that uh, end up being uh, yeah. not nearly as successful or, or effective as as the OG version of that. Fair. Uh okay, so what do you make of Treliving to Toronto then? Like we we look at you know some of the other candidates and you sort of reference you know the the best of all the possible candidates and I, I think we wonder well I know I do so he, here's what I wonder about um, I wonder about general managers that can work in collaboration and there are some that like I think of Jim Nill for example with the Dallas Stars and you know does does Jim Nill have people that he uh, ultimately is responsible to um, yeah for sure, uh, the owner being one of them. But 
quite generally, as, as much as possible in this world where owners want to be kept abreast of what the GM is doing at pretty much all times, he tends to work with a certain level of autonomy that other general managers don't, given their situation. Now, Brad Treliving comes from a, a very specific situation in Calgary where, you know, at times, whether it's, you know, Ken King or Murray Edwards or, or whomever, you know, there's there's more of a, again, I'm using this word gently, collaboration between the general manager and those above. And in the situation in Toronto, there's more collaboration uh, between the general manager and uh, Brendan Shanahan than there is in other situations. And I think that's a skill set. Like, I don't look at that and say, oh, Brad for Living is going to be the puppet for Brendan Shannon. I don't believe that. I think that there are mm. some people that are able to work collaboratively, and there are some that aren't. Under that umbrella, or after that, you know, long opine by me, what do you make of Treliving in Toronto knowing he will be working in collaboration with Brendan Shanahan? Yeah. I mean, look, man, we just talked about the fact that when he was in Calgary, ownership and, and, and leadership above his pay grade hired the coach. Now, you just had Brendan Shanahan have to deal with a situation where the guy that used to be the general manager in Toronto wanted A, his power, and B, his salary. So... It makes sense that they would look for a guy with some fealty uh, in his next hire. I think I think Brad Treliving is a really smart executive. I think you're right that he can work in concert with executives. But at the end of the day, Brendan mm -hmm. Shanahan knows inherently, inherently, that this is not a guy that's going to shank him. That this is not a guy that all of a sudden is going to turn around in three years and be like, I need to make as much as you make and have, you know, full, full power, uh, unlimited power and, and, and no oversight in my deal. Like he knows that's not going to happen. So he gets a, 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 an executive he can work with, but also one where he doesn't have to look over his shoulder at, I think is the thing that makes me think this was a smart hire by Shanahan. Mm -hmm. um, do you think, and I was talking to this with Frege in the first hour, normally when a new chat, we used to always laugh about this on the podcast and it, and it remains true on the old MBSW. Uh, when a general manager comes in, newly acquired general manager comes in, uh, the first thing they do is they say, well, I need some time to figure everything out here. I need to get acquainted with everybody. I need to see how all the departments work. I need to see how all these guys play. I need to see how this entire organization operates as if it's some big secret, as if people don't know uh, how organizations operate. And I've kind of looked at that, and I think you're of the same mind as well, that that is the general manager buying themselves a year. But in this situation, yep. given Matthews, given Nylander, et cetera, and whatever other, Sheldon Keefe, et cetera, uh, I don't know that Brad Treliving has the luxury of saying, I need to figure out how things work here in Toronto. Uh, no, this is hit the ground running time for Brad Treliving. I would imagine the first conversation would probably be with Sheldon Keefe. But as you look at Brad Treliving's responsibilities, you know, two minutes after the, uh, the final interview after the press conference tomorrow, what do you think Brad Treliving turns his attention to immediately? Well, in theory, it's the coach, but I don't know if, if he talked about it with you, and I apologize for not listening to the segment I was watching the fourth season of I Think You Should Leave on Netflix. But did Elliot talk to you about, uh, about Keith staying and how maybe Shanahan 
yes. had encouraged that to be the case. So that's really fascinating, isn't it? Like yes. rare is the situation in which a GM comes in and, and, and ownership or leadership or whomever says, oh, and by the way, we want to keep this guy on. Now that might just be f- to, to make sure that there is not a complete rocking of the boat year over year after what was a rather successful season for the franchise, the most successful since 2004. But if you had told me before the end of the postseason that Kyle Dubas wouldn't be here, but Sheldon Keefe would be here, that would have really shocked me. And and I was shocked to to hear that. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, the interesting point about that is um, Sheldon Keefe's going into the last year of his contract. Uh, which right. in a Canadian market, uh, let me let me check my notes. Oh yes, never plays well, uh, and is is be, becomes a note that everybody plucks every single day. Um, so I, I think the big discussion is not not will Sheldon Keefe be here, but will Sheldon Keefe be extended? That was part of the, the conversation Fridge and I had about an hour ago as well. Like that's why I think like and and I, I look at Shanahan and you're right, Shanahan. Uh, has said, you know, it's his, you know, it's his preference that the core four stay, but it's up to the general manager. It's my preference that Sheldon keeps stay, but it's up to the general manager. Again, I think this is, I think it's Shanahan trying maybe not to create a headline. I thought about this a lot because if Shanahan comes out and says, you know, it's called the core four, but by the time we get to the, uh, get to the season next year, it's going to be the core three. It's going to be the manager's decision who's not wanted on the voyage. Well, then, boom, you've just let, you know, you just lit, lit, lit the city on fire. I think as much as possible, as, and it really is impossible to do, but I think maybe Shanahan here is trying to make sure that any fires that happen around the Maple Leafs, given there's a new manager coming in and a ton of questions, that all the fires are contained fires, that nothing gets out of control. You know what I mean, Wish? I think we lost them. Do we have Greg? Okay, try to get him back here. So I, I, I do think that's what Shanahan is doing here. I, I think that if, 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 for, if for no other reason... I think Shanahan is trying to make sure that everything in Leafland is as calm as it possibly could be, which, you know, let's face it, folks, it's never calm. It's never calm waters. The waters are always choppy. Uh, And on shore, there's always a fire and there's always more people starting fires. And that's just the nature of this market you know we've said before is there too too much coverage of the maple leafs yes and that's what people want but i I really do think that that's i think that's shanahan trying to make sure that that every fire is a uh, is a is a contained one greg we got you back so we just lost you on the uh, on the open yeah no it's making the point that i think shanahan was doing nothing more than anything else was just trying to calm everyone down the internet's great um i i think that's an interesting thought but but i mean they're still gonna smell smoke (laughs) <laughs> right, like I mean, like like if he's got if he totally. if he doesn't have a contract long term, and there's a new general manager, that's still gonna be a fire. I, I want to ask you this: Who do you think Austin Matthews liked better, Kyle Dubas or Sheldon Keith? I have that's the really answer. Good it's, 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 I think it's Kyle Dubas. I mean, it's obviously Kyle Dubas. It's, I, I know that there. I know that there was a very good relationship there. Yes, but that's the yeah. thing. Like, I, I think when it comes to a coach and a player like Austin Matthews, I I don't think I think it depends on which day you ask them. I really do. Like, I think when it comes to a superstar like him, there are some days where he probably loves Sheldon Keefe, and there are some days where it's the opposite. Whereas your general manager is, you know, the guy who's making you rich. 
He's not the guy that's, you know, measuring your minutes. You're not so a, you you're, you're more hands, likes, you're more hands-on with the coach. Do you think he likes Sheldon good enough where keeping him around and, and and not rocking the boat and not maybe bringing in someone your star player doesn't like on a longer-term contract is the safer play as you try to re-sign him? Sorry, keeping keeping Sheldon Keefe around? Yeah, like into this season as you're trying to sign Austin Matthews rather than, you know, going out and signing a new coach for multiple seasons. Like this is a more known quantity for Austin Matthews, isn't it? I think if everything has eyes towards an Austin Matthews extension, and again, there is a certain point at which you say, Hold on a second here. Uh, since when do you let the players make all the personnel <laughs> decisions around him? There are very few that that have that power, but there are some that that certainly do have that stroke. Um, I think if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs right now, one of the things that you're doing is you are demonstrating to Austin Matthews that you will be doing whatever it takes to deliver an elite level team that's capable of winning the Stanley Cup. I think that is the only thing that is attractive to Austin Matthews. Sure, the money is the money. And I don't think that he's going to be a pig about it. Um, you know, with the old saying, you know, the, the market can sustain a bear, the market can sustain a bull, but if you see a pig, get out. I don't think that he's going to be a pig about what he looks for in the next contract. But I, I, I do think that very much... And it's too strong to say that the Maple Leafs are auditioning for Austin Matthews, but it kind of feels that way. I think that all the Maple Leafs are trying to do here, and maybe Sheldon Keefe is part of it, demonstrating to Sheldon, demonstrating to Austin Matthews that they will do what it takes to guarantee this team will be successful and competitive for the Stanley Cup, which should lead to an Austin Matthews extension. Now, whether that extension is uh, by July 1st or afterwards, I don't know. Uh, different theories on that, but we do know that his no trade does kick in on July 1st. Um, so I, th- I think that's what the, the the whole MO for the Maple Leafs is right now around Austin Matthews. Show us you're committed to win and show us the moves that you're going to make. That's what I think. What would make what him, do you think? What would make him, what would make him a pig? Like would a dollar more than McKinnon make him a pig? <laughs> you know, it's funny too, right? 12.5 for McDavid, 12.6 for McKinnon, 12.7 for Austin Matthews. We're all going to play the agent game here and who's one at $1 up on the previous agent. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I think, I think being, being a pig would be the max. It would be the 20%. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I think we're, we're aligned on that. I don't think it's But hang on. Head. But, but, but I, I, I do wonder like you do as well whether 12.7 is the magic number just because you went McDavid, McKinnon, Matthews, 12.5, does it feel like 12.7 to you? You don't have to make 13 to declare yourself the highest paid player in the history of the national hockey league, right? (laughs) Like that's all you, that's the whole thing. That's all you want. Like you just want to be able to say that, right? If if you're Judd, if you're Austin, like you just want to be able to say that and you get there by making, slightly more than, than Nathan McKinnon at, the, at this point. Dude, I think he signs. Like, I, I've heard he really likes Toronto. The, the Leafs are a glamour franchise. I know that there's an expectation of, like, well, doesn't he want to win? Well, I'm sure he does, but he probably wants to win as a Leaf. Like, it's probably important to him. So, I, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I, 
I don't know how much of all this, like, I'm sure he's pissed about Dubis. I don't know how much of all of this stuff, all this Game of Thrones stuff, ultimately matters in trying to get him signed. What do you think? I agree. No, no, no. I agree with you. I, I think that for someone like, I think for Austin Matthews and for the agent here, and in this case you pointed out, it was Judd Moldaver of Wasserman, I think that from their perch, as much as they were fans of Dubas and saw the path to a contract with Dubas, I don't think there's any reason to believe that that same or similar path isn't there with Brad Treliving. And again, I come back to the same thing. Show Austin Matthews you're creating a program where he can be successful and the team can be successful. And this Maple Leafs team can compete for the Stanley Cup and Austin Matthews can smash Maple Leafs records. Like, let, let, let's, let's, let's get ahead of ourselves here. You know the easiest mm-hmm. path to the Hall of Fame? You know what the easiest path to the Hockey Hall of Fame is? Be a good Leaf. If you look at the history <laughs> of the Hockey Hall of Fame... And just go and have a look at that 1967 team and have a look at how many players from that last Maple Leaf Stanley Cup team are in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Or look at some of the other Maple Leafs that have made their way to the Hockey Hall of Fame as well. The easiest path to the Hockey Hall of Fame is be a really good Maple Leaf. You don't think that Austin Matthews knows that? You go and smash a bunch of Maple Leafs records, pick up a couple more Rocket Richards, compete for the Hart Trophy, have some deep Stanley Cup runs... You don't think mm. that's a path to the Hall of Fame? And you don't think for a second that a guy like Austin Matthews thinks about that? Like, ultimately, I don't think he finishes his career in Toronto. To me, and again, I'm, I'm pulling this out of just how I feel. This isn't based on any conversations or anything, but it feels like finishing up as a Los Angeles King, sorry, Arizona, fin- it feels like that for Austin Matthews. But I think if you're someone like Matthews, bigger than the game, thinking about the Hall of Fame, the easiest path is through Toronto. Agree, disagree. It's funny. I was. I thought you were going to go with play with Gretzky, but then I remember Glenn Anderson was a Leaf. So I guess your theory still, still works. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean the the thing that'll get Matthews in the Hall of Fame is scoring <laughs> is scoring the game winning goal to win the United States a gold medal in Olympic hockey. I mean that's that's the bottom line for me. Um, let, okay, hang on. Let me, let, let me let me use that for one second. Let me use that to transition to something here. I was just talking with uh, with Ben Goats about this as well. The Stanley Cup final features two American superstars. And by the oh, way, yeah. Matthew Kachuk on the uh, the NBA on TNT was just fantastic. Um, no comment. Last weekend, that was that was glorious. But I know, no, I, I know we're talking about the rival. <laughs> I get it. But every time we get to every time you get to mention TSN with me, you delight in doing it. So consider that my uh, my, hey, my trump dude, card. I'm team. So I'm team Sportsnet. <laughs> the TSN TSN never put me on the air with my diarrhea pants to talk to, to talk with the uh, you know old GMs. I mean, they, you guys okay, are great to me. I'm team Sportsnet. <laughs> Okay, okay, that's fair, that's fair, that's fair. Um, but I'm, I'm really curious to see, and I know I know these aren't like the biggest markets, like I was meant to, this isn't, you know, Boston against Los Angeles here, I get it in the cup final, this is Florida against the Vegas Golden Knights, but I'm really curious to see what the U.S. sports market does with this, because you have this, you know, this, this spectacular athlete in Jack Eichel who's finally, you know, rewriting the story around him, and you have this breakout, breakthrough star in Matthew Kachuk, who in one year in Florida has captured the imagination of not just American hockey fans, but hockey fans all over the world to the point where he's sitting there with Barkley and Shaq. Um, I'm really curious to see what the U.S. sports market does with this Stanley Cup final. You're closer to it than I am. Do you have a thought on that? 
Well, first off, I want to I want to say that it, it, we, we ran our Con Smythe watch this morning, and and the way I work that is like the with the awards watch where I ask people that may have a vote, writers, a bunch of them, what their top five is right yeah. now for the con. And the top five for the con right now is Kachuk, Bobrovsky, and Eichel in that order. And I was accused of somebody, uh, 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 the writers were accused of somebody in my mentions on Twitter about what, it being a very sort of American-centric and xenophobic list because Kachuk and Eichel are up there over, I guess, other players. And I'm I was looking at the Con Smythe. I think the Con Smythe is maybe one of the less least xenophobic awards that we have. You know, Vasilevsky's won it. Edmonds won it. You know, there, there's a, a variety of, of players in recent years that have won the Con. Um, so I, I found that uh, comment. Do I need to point out? Do it, hang on. Do I need to point out who it's named after, though, Greg? If we're talking for no, well, okay. I mean, path. from that aspect, it's very, it's extraordinarily xenophobic, <laughs> and I'm on the record that we should change it to the Gretzky Award. No worries about that. We're we're all yeah. aligned on that. Now, listen. But the about, thing the, about the, the about, vote, the voting is fine. The name is the issue. The voting is fine. The award is 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 terrible, and we should change the yes. name tomorrow. I've written about this okay. before. So there we go. I, I think go. Kachuk is having a moment. Like Kachuk, the story for Kachuk, mm. Eichel's. Eichel's going to be a big story, but if they win the cup, it's not it's not Eichel's cup. It's the Knights' cup. He's part of a he's he's more cog in the machine than Kachuk is. Kachuk has become transcendent. Um, when you appear on a on a pregame show for an NBA game with Charles Barkley and Shaquille yeah. O'Neal, and you're an NHL player, you've now transcended hockey yeah. hockey stardom. That and and I think Kachuk has reached another level of of superstardom in this league through this playoff run that none of us could have anticipated. And but to answer your question, the thing that will make this series sing for American markets, uh, one obviously, if it goes seven, a game seven is the easiest sell in the history of the National Hockey League, yeah. even beyond rivalries. Uh, and then two, the cup is in the I building. The cup is in the building. The atmosphere. The atmosphere. Like, I think it's become a very underrated aspect of the NHL that the atmosphere at games and the atmosphere in towns has become one of the more uh, reliable selling points for teams. When you think of the Nashville Predators, you think of fans on Broadway. You don't necessarily think of Roman Yossi. When you think of the Vegas Golden Knights, you're thinking about lights and sounds and showgirls and people dressed like Elvis and the Knights slicing a jet in half during the Winnipeg series. Like you're thinking about <laughs> all of that stuff and how fun it is to tune yeah. into a Vegas home game. When you think of the Florida Panthers, I mean, there's an entire scene happening right now in Fort Lauderdale and then Sunrise for this team. Famous people mm. showing up, you know, from other sports. The Dolphins head coach, famous golfers. I mean, there's a certain amount of, of juice there. And then on top of that, you're going to be able to kind of coattail or at the very least partner up with the Miami Heat and what's happening with them on this run. So I think the, the biggest selling point yeah. for an American fan right now, a casual sports fan that might be tuning into hockey, is what they'll be experiencing at these games vicariously versus mm -hmm. anybody that's playing in these games. By the way, the Toronto Maple Leafs have now made it uh, official. The Brad True Living News, he becomes the next general manager in the uh, uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs organization. Oh. I'll have more on that with Incredible. Luke Fox in a couple of moments. Shock du jour, I know. Uh, let me let me pick up on one thing you said there about about Matthew Kachuk and becoming transcendent in the sport. Um, the the great thing about about watching him on with uh, with, with Shaq and Barkley was he was great. 
Like, he wasn't intimidated by the moment. He wasn't shy. He wasn't, he didn't look scared. He didn't look intimidated. Like, honestly, I'll, I'll tell you a wish. Uh, I, because I remember I, I first started, you know, covering Matthew Kachuk uh, when he played with that London Knights team that won the Memorial Cup. Mitch Marner was on that team and Christian Dvorak and et cetera. And I always said, like, this guy's going to be, this guy has the potential to be a star in hockey. But it wasn't until I saw him on that program that I said, this guy could be bigger than hockey. Like this guy has, because he was charming, he was great, he was funny, had the whole panel going. Like I looked at that and I said, you know what? I think the NHL has someone who could become bigger than the game itself and and become a star outside of hockey. Always knew he was going to be a star inside of hockey, but and we'll finish on this one. Did you ever think that Matthew Kachuk would have the potential to be a star outside of the game as well? No, because he played in Calgary and then got traded to Florida. I mean, to be honest with you, like that's the reason, you know, you're nobody who plays mm-hmm. in the Canadian market is going to become a transcendent star in the United States. And, and we've been watching star players toil in obscurity with the Florida Panthers for our entire lifetimes. Um, and we've had some personalities that have played there for sure, but this playoff run and the way that he's handled himself during the run, both on the ice and off the ice has changed that. And, and you're right. Something shifted. And, and part of it too is He's, he's doing this at a moment where the NHL has delivery mechanisms in the U.S. sports media that they've not had before. Like, he's on the TNT pregame show with Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal because TNT has the rights, as does ESPN, yeah. which has promoted the hell out of Matthew Kachuk and put him on television and, and told his story and introduced him to fans that might not know him and that are following other sports. So... For this to happen at a moment where the NHL is not only smartly giving their media rights to different entities in the United States to maximize coverage, but they also have two places that enthusiastically uh, in grabbing these rights have talked about the necessity for making star players, the necessity to turn Jack Hughes into a bigger star if you're ESPN, the necessity to, to put Connor McDavid on television as often as you can if you're TNT. And now to have Matthew Kachuk in that media environment it's the perfect time for it. Mm-hmm. And he's, and he's, as you said, seizing the moment. First of all, uh, actually, last of all, because we have to go, uh, I think you forget how Wayne Gretzky was on Young and the Restless. Hi, I'm Wayne from Edmonton. Do we not remember that beautiful moment in, uh, in hockey uh, I, I did not remember that, but I certainly remember it on, him on Waikiki <laughs> Hockey on Saturday Night Live. But you're talking about the big, uh, one of the biggest sports well. celebrities in the history of mankind that does not come along very often. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, on that, we got to wrap. Um, listen, have a great seven days. Enjoy. Are you in Vegas for Media Day, by the way? Am I going to see you there? Uh, you will not. <sighs> well, enjoy the final nonetheless. I was hoping to meet up I with shall. you on, on Friday in Vegas. Alas. Are you in Fort Lauderdale for Game 3? Nah, man. I'm married to this place. I'm married, uh, I'm married to here. I'm not traveling <laughs> with, the, with the series. All right. See you, you soon. enjoy. Live vicariously through you. Greg Wyshynski from ESPN, a little MBSW Redux here every Wednesday on the broadcast. Uh, the Maple Leafs have made it official. Uh, Brad Living has been named the team's general manager. Luke Fox, who covers the Maple Leafs for sportsnet.ca, joins me here in a couple of moments more on the naming of Brad Living as the uh, new GM of the Maple Leafs. Merrick Show continues across the Sportsnet Radio Network, Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet Now, coming back at you in a moment.